Chapter 14 of Ben, the Luggage Boy, or Among the Wharves. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shakewell. Ben, the Luggage Boy, or Among the Wharves by Horatio Alger, Jr. Chapter 14 The Passenger from Albany Ben did not confine himself to any particular pier or railway depot, but stationed himself now at one, now at another, according as the whim seized him, or as the prospect of profit appeared more or less promising. One afternoon he made his way to the pier at which the Albany boats landed. He knew the hour of arrival, not only for the river boats, but for most of the inward trains, for this was required by his business. He had just finished smoking a cheap cigar when the boat arrived. Passengers poured out, and the usual bustle ensued. Now was the time for Ben to be on the alert. He scanned the outcoming passengers with an attentive eye, fixing his attention upon those who were encumbered with carpet-bags, valises, or bundles. These he marked out as his possible patrons, and accosted them professionally. "'Smash your bags, sir,' he said to a gentleman carrying a valise. The latter stared hard at Ben, evidently misunderstanding him, and answered irascibly, "'Confound your impudence, boy! What do you mean?' "'Smash your bags, sir. If you smash my bag, I'll smash your head.' "'Thank you, sir, for your kind offer, but my head ain't insured,' said Ben, who saw the joke and enjoyed it. "'Look here, boy,' said the puzzled traveller. "'What possible good would it do you to smash my baggage?' "'That's the way I make a living,' said Ben. "'Do you mean to say any persons are foolish enough to pay you for destroying their baggage? "'You must be crazy, or else you must think I am. "'Not destroying it, smashing it. What's the difference?' Here a person who had listened to the conversation with some amusement interposed. If you allow me to explain, sir, the boy only proposes to carry your valise. He is what we call a baggage smasher, and carrying it is called smashing. Indeed, that's a very singular expression to use. Well, my lad, I think I understand you now. You have no hostile intentions, then? Nary a one, answered Ben. Then I may see fit to employ you. Of course, you know the way everywhere. Yes, sir. You may take my valise as far as Broadway. There I shall take a stage. Ben took the valise, and raising it to his shoulders, was about to precede his patron. You can walk along by my side, said the gentleman. I want to talk to you. All right, Governor, said Ben. I'm ready for an interview. How do you like baggage smashing, as you call it? I like it pretty well when I'm working for a liberal gentleman like you, said Ben, shrewdly. What makes you think I am liberal? asked the gentleman, smiling. I can tell by your face, answered our hero. But you get disappointed sometimes, don't you? Yes, sometimes, Ben admitted. Tell me some of your experiences that way. Last week, said Ben, I carried a bag, and a thundering heavy one, from the Norwich boat to French's hotel. A mile and a half, I guess it was. And how much do you think the man paid me? Twenty-five cents? Yes, he did. But he didn't want to. All he offered me first was ten cents. That's rather poor pay. I don't think I should want to work for that myself. You couldn't live very high on such pay, said Ben. I have worked as cheap, though. You have? said Ben, surprised. Yes, my lad, I was a poor boy once, as poor as you are. Where do you live? asked Ben, interested. In a country town in New England. My father died early, and I was left alone in the world, so I hired myself out to a farmer for a dollar a week and board. I had to be up at five every morning and work all day. My wages, you see, amounted to only about sixteen cents a day and board for twelve hours' work. Why didn't you run away? inquired Ben. I didn't know where to run to. I suppose you ain't working for that now, said our hero. No, I've been promoted, said the gentleman, smiling. Of course, I got higher pay as I grew older. Still, at twenty-one, I found myself with only two hundred dollars. I worked a year longer till it became three hundred, and then I went out west, to Ohio, where I took up a quarter section of land and became a farmer on my own account. 
since then i've dipped into several things have bought more land which has increased in value on my hands till now i am probably worth fifty thousand dollars i'm glad of it said ben why because you can afford to pay me liberal for smashing your baggage what do you call liberal inquired his patron smiling fifty cents answered ben promptly then i will be liberal now suppose you tell me something about yourself how long have you been a baggage smasher as you call it six years said ben you must have begun young how old are you now sixteen you'll soon be a man what do you intend to do then i haven't thought much about it said ben with the truth you don't mean to carry baggage all your life do you i guess not answered ben when i get to be old and infirm i'm going into something like genteel employment such as keeping a street stand so that is your highest ambition is it asked the stranger i don't think i've got any ambition said ben as long as i make a living i don't mind when you see well-dressed gentlemen walking down broadway or riding in their carriages don't you sometimes think it would be agreeable if you could be in their place i should like to have a lot of money said ben i wouldn't mind being the president of a bank or a railway director or something of that kind i'm afraid you have never thought seriously upon the subject of your future said ben's companion or you wouldn't be satisfied with your present business what else can i do i'd rather smash baggage than sell papers or black boots i would not advise either i'll tell you what you ought to do my young friend you should leave the city and come out west i'll give you something to do on one of my farms and promote you as you are fit for it you're very kind said ben more seriously but i shouldn't like it why not i don't want to leave the city here there's something going on i'd miss the streets and the crowds i'd get awful lonesome in the country isn't it better to have a good home in the country than to live as you do in the city i like it well enough said ben we're a jolly crowd and we do as we please there ain't nobody to order us around except the cops and they let us alone unless we steal or something of that kind so you are wedded to your city life yes i guess so though i don't remember when the wedding took place and you prefer to live on in your old way yes sir thank you all the same you may change your mind some time my lad if you ever do and will write to me at b ohio i will send for you to come out here's my card thank you sir said ben i'll keep the card and if i ever change my mind i'll let you know they had been walking slowly or they would have reached broadway sooner they had now arrived there and the stranger bade ben good-bye handing him at the same time the fifty cents agreed upon he's a brick ben soliloquized even if he did say he'd smash my head i hope i'll meet some more like him ben's objection to leaving the city is felt in an equal degree by many boys who are situated like himself street life has its privations and actual sufferings but for all that there is a wild independence and freedom from restraint about it which suits those who follow it to be at the beck and call of no one to be responsible only to themselves provided they keep from violating the law has a charm to these young outcasts then again they become accustomed to the street and its varied scenes and the daily excitement of life in a large city becomes such a matter of necessity to them that they find the country lonesome yet under the auspices of the children's aid society companies of boys are continually being sent out to the great west with the happiest results after a while the first loneliness wears away and they become interested in the new scenes and labors to which they are introduced and a large number have already grown up to hold respectable and in some cases prominent places in the communities which they have joined others have pined for the city until they could no longer resist their yearning for it and have found their way back to the old familiar scenes to resume the former life of suffering and privation such is the strange fascination which their lawless and irresponsible mode of life oftentimes exerts upon the minds of these young arabs of the street when ben parted from the passenger by the albany boat he did not immediately seek another job accustomed as he was to live from hand to mouth he had never troubled himself much about accumulating more than would answer his immediate needs 
some boys in the lodging-house made deposits in the bank of that institution but frugality was not one of ben's virtues as long as he came out even at the end of the day he felt very well satisfied generally he went penniless to bed his business not being one that required him to reserve money for capital to carry it on in the case of a newsboy it was different he must keep enough on hand to buy a supply of papers in the morning even if he were compelled to go to bed supperless with fifty cents in his pocket ben felt rich it would buy him a good supper besides paying for his lodging at the newsboy's home and a ticket for the old bowery besides that is a fifteen-cent ticket which according to the arrangement of that day would admit him to one of the best located seats in the house that is in the pit corresponding to what is known as the parquet in other theatres this arrangement has now been changed so that the street boys find themselves banished to the upper gallery of their favorite theatre but in the days of which i am speaking they made themselves conspicuous in the front rows and were by no means bashful in indicating their approbation or disapprobation of the different actors who appeared on the boards before them ben had not gone far when he fell in with an acquaintance barney flynn where are you going ben inquired barney going to get some grub answered ben i'm with you then i haven't eaten anything since morning and i'm awful hungry have you got any stamps i've got a fifty so have i where are you going for supper to pat's i guess all right i'll go with you the establishment known as pat's is located in the basement in nassau street as the reader of mark the match boy will remember it is of course a cheap restaurant and is considerably frequented by the street boys who here find themselves more welcome guests than at some of the more pretentious eating-houses ben and barney entered and gave their orders for a substantial repast the style in which the meal was served differed considerably from the service at delmonico's but it is doubtful whether any of the guests at the famous uptown restaurant enjoyed their meal any better than the two street boys each of whom was blessed with a healthy appetite barney had eaten nothing since morning and ben's fast had only been broken by the eating of a two-cent apple which had not been sufficient to satisfy his hunger notwithstanding the liberality of their orders however each of the boys found himself at the end of the meal the possessor of twenty-five cents this was not a very large sum to sleep on but it was long since either had waked up in the morning with so large a capital to commence operations upon what shall we do asked ben suppose we go to the old bowery suggested barney or tony pastors amended ben i like the bowery best there's a great fight and a fellow gets killed on the stage it's a stunning old play then let us go said ben who as well as his companion liked the idea of witnessing a stage fight which was all the more attractive on account of having a fatal termination as the theatre tickets would cost but fifteen cents each the boys felt justified in purchasing each a cheap cigar which they smoked as they walked leisurely up chatham street End of chapter fourteen recording by shakewell